Bam! And welcome to the Dropkick Report. My name is Murray with my co-host Corey, and today we are very honoured to have our first special guest. Please welcome Fight Factory's own Dutch. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, Corey, it's been it's been a while since we've had a guest in. About a year. About a year, yeah. But we're, but we're very happy to have you. Because for people who might not be too familiar with what you do, if you just give us a rundown of um, what your what your kind of deal is with the business, how how do you sort of uh, where did Fight Factory come from and how did you get started with it? Okay, so uh, it's a long story. Okay, ready. <laughs> um, so I'm one of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I'm the coach and on paper the owner, but I don't do anything to do with the business, really. Right. Um, my wife runs the business uh-huh. as well as being a full-time nurse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and between her and my brother and other people, they do mm. all the creative side of the business. Um, so I am literally just one of the wrestlers and the coach okay. uh, for the training gym we have. Mm. Um, but it all started, uh, I was wrestling for a promoter in Lincoln, I was yeah. wrestling independently, mm. um, which I still do, um, but my mum had never seen me perform. Mm. So um, it was through illness, um, so she was fighting cancer, and to come to a show, as you can imagine, it's quite an intimate event, so if she's close to people who are sick and she's got a low... Um, immune system then it's it's not great for us so we decided we'd run our own one-shot show um called body slams to cancer yeah um and the idea was if we could get a sports hall where you can potentially fit 500 people in aim for 100 150 or whatever just raise a couple of hundred quid um and then my mum can sit kind of at the back um so she's not um at risk or as, as much at risk yeah um, and then she can be there live and watch us perform. So we started doing the, the planning for it in 2013. Um, um, and we were already uh, opened the training school with the promoter who was running Lincoln. Um, so this was going to be our deal. Um, and my mum passed away. So mm. like that, that night we turned up at the hospital and... Uh, we just kind of said, right, okay, let's let's make this mean something, uh, you know, a bit more than what it was going to. So we decided to really advertise it and, and go to town on it. And that show's now been running for 10 years. Yeah. Um, so throughout the year, we do run other shows. We run Lincoln, we run Gainsborough, we have run other little towns outside of the area. Um, but everything builds up to Body Slams to Cancer. Mm. So that's the basis of the company. Um, and keeping with that sort of charity side of what we do um we have a personal training gym we have the wrestling gym and we try and help out where we can within the community so uh, our gym we specialize personal training for example in uh, people with anxiety mm-hmm. so if they don't want to go to a commercial gym they can come to us so everything sort of started with just the one show and it's kind of created a life of its own from there really wow wow Corey. i mean that, that I mean, because I, I knew body slams to cancer was a thing. I did not realise that's actually where it started. And you've been doing it for a while. And um, I've been around Lincoln for a while. And I that's kind of the one thing I think I know Fight Factory for. Yeah. Is that kind of event. And again, like you say, um, that's kind of the one thing. And also, the one thing about it is, I'm in the like Facebook, I guess, community page for it. And that's always where there's a lot of um either communication or talk or a lot of excitement and that sort of thing where it comes from there's one guy i don't know if he did it this year or not i think last year or the year before i think walks like the whole of the uk or something like from scotland or down or from the top of england or down something along those lines 
Oh, we had uh, a couple of years ago Kai Valentine do a, a big walk. Definitely, he was one of the hosts here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's helped us raise money before. Mm. He's turned up at the show and done some exclusive interviews backstage and stuff. Mm. Yeah, we do try and get the community involved. Yeah, of course. You know, the, it, it admittedly it started with our family, but everybody's got a story when it yeah. comes to cancer. So mm. we kind of we want it to be everybody's event. It's yeah. not our event. It's everybody's event. Of course. Yeah. And that just speaks to how expansive professional wrestling is, really. Yeah. It just speaks to the message and speaks to the whole entire just circumference of it. But speaking of professional wrestling, where did you get your start in that? Uh, so Did it come with Fire Factory? Or did it no, no, no. Um, it, it started when I was, like I want to say, 17. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and I found somewhere in Nottingham that was training, not the place that's running now, House of mm. Pain. It was uh, somebody else running it. Mm. Did a few sessions there, met a few other promoters, did a few little bits, but I wasn't ready to take it serious. I had other stuff going on in life. Um, so it really started to become serious in, I want to say, 2011. I refound my love for wrestling mm. and wanting to do something. So I'd had my broken back at this time. Oh, yeah. um, and it was kind of something to... I was allowed to go to the gym, but I needed something else. Um, so I found a place in Grimsby mm-hmm. uh, that's no longer running anymore. Mm. Uh, went there and wanted to go at it as if I've never done anything before. Um, but the first show we were kind of booked to do something there um, and then it continued to grow a little bit um, and then from there there was a bit of a fallout with the promoter at the time um, so I kind of just in my head settled with uh, the promoter who was running Lincoln at the time mm-hmm. but then again that kind of took off um, I started getting bookings quite a few places um, I've travelled around doing it since then really um, the past since covid really it's calmed down a bit yeah but at the same time it's kind of been nice to have time with the kids as well yeah so. of course yeah and that just again every, I, I always find that you same with um everyone with professional wrestling always has a different way kind of into it and what they love about it and their passions about it what do you find in that sort of sport in that art form that really connects with you um it's a great way to vent um, okay. so, How so? Um, well we all have frustrations yeah. and you know you can get rid of them frustrations in any way mm. um, I think when I was younger it could have ended up in me going to jail mm. if I'm honest yeah. um, and it gave me a focus for rehab mm. you know it gave me a reason to want to get my back better yeah. um, and then there's when you're out there performing there's there's no feeling like it. There's no drug like it. Mm. It's it's an addictive feeling to go out there and perform. And then from there, it's also, for me now, more often I feel that I work with the newer guys more often than not, yeah. um, with the trainees. And there's so much pride in watching them go out there and perform. And, and I think now for me, the, the main thing is watching them achieve their things. There's my daughter for example she's uh, moved over to Liverpool mm. she's now performing uh, up and down the country some of the trainees who have gone on to uh, bigger places than us um, some of them who have just wanted to wrestle for us them them goals that they hit is uh, the thing I kind of live through them now if that makes sense yeah yeah 
So yeah, sort of sort of vicariously through their yeah, joint experience. Watching well. the you know, for example, when they walk in the door for the first time, we have a lot of people turn up who are shy, who have anxiety, who've maybe been bullied. Yeah, and watching them grow in confidence or watching them. Um, you know, achieve something. I can't jump that high. I can't stand on the top rope. Yeah. And then I can't, I can't that we all have. Yeah. Watching them overcome them to become I can's is, is incredible. Amazing. Um, sometimes frustrating, but sometimes yeah. also, you know, more often than not incredible watching them mm. break their barriers. As a coach as well. And that's from that, from that side of it, not just as a talent, but as a coach and be able to like sort of, do you find that as a coach, you have a different outlook? Is that true? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think it kind of all merges to one eventually. Yeah. You know, like um, you can be at other shows where there's someone new and you've not trained them, but yeah. watching them do something or do watching it. them yeah. grow. There's there's a kid who I've been watching over in Nottingham, uh, Joey Cement, mm. um, and he started as this young, shy kid, and now we've had him on one of our shows, and he's incredible. And wow. I didn't train him. I had nothing to do with it, but I'm still proud of the kid. Yeah. You know, it's incredible to watch his journey. So mm. be it as a talent or as a coach, you know, I think our group specifically I think they all have that similar mentality that they all want to help and mm. when someone does something and, and gets better they're all proud of them so I think it's a mentality that's that's within our gym wow. and, and a lot of other places have that as yeah. well I think wow one, one of the things I love about I guess kind of just UK indie in, in general is obviously indie wrestling comes with most of the time smaller venues it's a smaller crowd therefore normally the crowd is a bit more either lively or loud Open or into it yeah, yeah. yeah. and if, if someone shouts something in the back everyone's pretty much going to hear it yeah yeah um so this is kind of a double question first off what's it like compared just having a smaller kind of a, a more energetic crowd but maybe we're going to shout a bit more at the rest of to get a bit more into it yeah. if it's a bad guy if it's a good guy cheer it on but also What's it like having the fans involved? Because we watched, I think it was 2016 or 17. 17 yeah, um, it was a match with you and your brother, brother. KD. Yeah. Yep. And there was uh, one of his, Jeff I think, one of the bandmates who did his music video. Yeah, yeah. Give yeah. a chop Do you to you, and then give a chop to him. <laughs> when you duck the chop, yeah, the up chop in his, in the one of the bandmates. He had to go down and sell it. So and what's that it was... also like having fans literally get involved? Yeah. Even just for like. Do you remember that? Yeah, well? I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> what I remember about that one specifically is um, the commentary on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're saying about my brother had discharged himself from hospital in Mexico. <laughs> that was actually true. So, he was really poorly. So, mm. that match, you know, had to be um, done a certain way to protect him because yeah. he was sick. Mm. Um, the the fan interaction is kind of what we do it for. Yeah, you know, without the fans, we wouldn't be doing it. Mm. Um, or we'd be crazy to be doing a lot of <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so we've got some great fans. Mm. Um, we've, no matter what um, company I've worked for, I feel the majority of the time I've been able to get a good connection with the crowd. No matter what my alignment, if yeah. I'm liking the fans or disliking the fans. Yeah. Um, so I take great pride in being able to draw emotion out of the crowd. Um, so uh, one example, uh, I was working as a villain in mm. Derby, mm -hmm. and there was. Um, Oh, political correctness needs to kick in here. Uh, okay. <laughs> a shorter person. Right, yeah. okay. Um, and being able to get him to want to punch me. Right. Because he was the, the loudest member of the audience. Oh, yeah. So that's my attention straight <laughs> to him. Yeah, of course. Um, 
and being being able to get that emotion out of him so he could come to the front barricade so every time I was close to him to swing a punch yeah. that was a great feeling because afterwards he came and apologised and, and said you know I'm really sorry about that I wouldn't normally do it yeah. and that means I've done my job right yeah. but also I've kept him entertained mm. um, and again like I try and tell the guys from the school that not only is it for the audience who are paying in to keep these shows going mm. but they don't know who's in the audience so again we do a lot of stuff um, that I don't really want to use for attention right. and, and that Becca doesn't want to use for attention or my brother or whoever's put it forward to us as well. Right. Um, we do stuff uh, where there's been kids who have maybe been taken away from the house. Yeah, um, yeah. Or we know of kids who have had sick parents or their yeah. parents are dying and, you know, all sorts of awful stuff. Yeah. They're in the audience and as a performer, you're taking them away from that real life for two hours, three hours, whatever the, mm. the show time is. So not only is it a great feeling to get that emotion from mm. the audience, but you don't know how you could have just put a smile on that person's face, which is more valuable than, than anything else. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's a great feeling to have them, you know, where you've got a couple of hundred or, you know, smaller venues. We've, we've ran one show um, where there's been 30, seven people I think it was was our smallest audience um, and then I've wrestled for companies where there was one in Leeds where I think there was only six members of the audience they're paying the same yeah, ticket price still got to yeah, put yeah. it on yeah so no matter if there's a couple of thousand or you know six they, they've paid individually the same price so mm. you need to give them the same value for entertainment yeah of course um, you know obviously I would tone down the risk factor yeah but you still have to give them that entertainment what they've paid for what they expect from the individual performers if they've knowing of you you know mm, mm. um so yeah i think it's it's great to have them audiences where you can see the eyeballs of everybody yeah and, you know when someone shouts something if you can react to that yeah. you know in the back of the room then yeah it's, it's a great feeling because that kind of spreads Mm. the enthusiasm with the rest of the audience yeah of course yeah I noticed as well when we watched that match between your brother there's a moment where he doesn't come out for the first do you remember he doesn't come yeah, out yeah. for the first 10 count and they have to count him and every time and you're kind of sat back and then there's a minute where the count starts to increase where you kind of fire up and you're kind of like come on then you kind of you go to the front of the rope and you're like come on then come on out then yeah. kind of like you're egging, you're egging him on because the count's going closer and closer to that one yeah. and there was a moment where I thought I wonder if his brother isn't going to actually come out of this. There's another way they could do this. Because it, get, it gets the thoughts in your head, of course. Yeah, yeah. And it was from watching you and your reactions that it sort of tempered the, the feeling of the whole thing, if you get what I mean. Oh, I'm glad it translated. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think, again, it's the small things that make the big reactions. Mm. So... Uh, I'm going to sound really old saying this. <laughs> I feel it, but um, when the newer guys come into the gym, you can spot the newer guys on the shows, or not even mm. the newer guys, the younger guys. Um, they want to concentrate on what moves they're going to do. Yeah, And obviously, some moves will get a reaction from your audience, mm -hmm. but you add emotion to said moves, mm. then the moves mean more, mm. um, you know, and, and my brother is a, is quite an example of this. Um, he is very good at 
flying around the building. Yes. You know, uh, he's had matches with uh, some great wrestlers. Uh, right. There was one with uh, Sticks where he was being picked up for a powerbomb. Right. He hooked himself onto a basketball um, net that's in the building. Yeah. And I think he flipped off it or something. I can't oh, remember wow. exactly what, which gets a reaction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when he first wanted to take wrestling serious, um, my dad asked, you know, look after him. Yeah. So <laughs> can you try and tag team with him? Just calm him down because the first thing he did on a show when he wanted to come in properly mm. was jump off the top of the cage <laughs> and land on someone, you know. And we'd not done a lot of work on doing these sort of moves. Yeah, he yeah. just did it. <laughs> so and had massive trust in the guy who he was landing on. Mm. Um, so to try and teach something so simple as using emotion, uh, yeah. we were an over 18 show and them, them audiences can be a bit more brutal. Yeah, of course. Um, and it was a match where anything goes, mm. uh, I believe the match is on YouTube. Um, it was a, a hardcore tornado tag match right. in an, in a nightclub. Right. That's you and your... Brother and my brother against uh, Laurie and Valentine. Oh, okay. okay. They're um, some. They're tough competitors. Yeah. So, um, uh, Kieran went to the top of the DJ booth, which right. is quite a high place to be, okay. and did a backflip and got the holy, you know what, chant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I said, "Well, watch this. I get the same chant. <laughs> right, okay. For, for something simple. <laughs> okay. Go on. Um, so in the match, I pulled out a uh, spanner." Right, nice. Put it round their fingers. Mm. Click oh. the fingers back. Yeah. With the spanner. Similar reaction. Got an elastic uh, warm-up band. Mm-hmm. Pinged it in the face. Yeah. Same reaction. Yeah. So less risk, same reward. Cool. You know, and, and you're investing in it because do you guys know what it feels like for having someone backflip onto you? You can, you can only imagine, nice. right? Yeah. But you can imagine what having your finger broken yeah, feels yeah. like, or you can imagine, you know, we've all played with a rubber yeah. band and it's backfired in your face. Um, mm. So these are the things that I think, you know, if, if we do things that the average person can understand, yes. then everything else means a little bit more. Wow, because they, they can use their imagination a bit more then. Yeah, that's a really interesting way, interesting way to think about it, actually. Yeah. And that speaks to not only your work, but also quite the wider wrestling world as well. Yeah. What's it like? Because obviously I've watched wrestling before, and I think mm. when people who have watched wrestling, you always kind of think, oh, it'd be, you know, it'd be, it'd be fun to do it, but you never do. Mm. And it's even because I have a brother, and we both watch wrestling, and we both thought, oh, it'd be fun. What's it like actually being in a ring with your brother and having to have a match, not only together, but and also go, right, now we're going to face each to other. be against each other as well. <laughs> and, um, are we going behind the curtains with this? We, you can if do you want. want. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it's a great feeling. Oh, wait, but first, but first, before you go on, in that match in 2017, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I will now. Oh, yes. There was a slight controversy when the ref <laughs> got take, got taken down, right? You yeah, were, you were Let's lying call him compromised. Yeah. And then a, a, a figure who I'm going to refer to as Jeff the Ref Jeff the entered ref, yeah. the scene. <laughs> Do you believe that he was in the pocket of your, of your brother <laughs> and that he screwed you out? Um Jeff the Ref has been one of the most over-talents <laughs> in Fight Factory history. Um, we don't even know how this became a thing. Okay, um, now do I. He is a great, great human. I'm taken with um, him. He's over for me. When we, this is some really old footage um, on YouTube somewhere, and there was two of 
what I'd say at the time, and even now one of them is still up there, in my opinion, as one of the best. Mm. But two great British talents wrestling on one of the shows okay. in Market Raisin. Right. And they were going out there as the main event, mm-hmm. and the chants were for Jeff the ref. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, we we approach at Body Slams, we treat it like WrestleMania, yeah. but we treat it like the Royal Rumble as well. Mm. We want little throwbacks for the audience who have been with us for Surprises, a while. Surprises, yeah. Um, and Jeff the ref coming out got a little... <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed. Yeah. It was a great thing for the audience, but also for some of the some of the guys in the back, you know, it was good to see him again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he was uh, he was definitely in my brother's pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> Jeff, I don't know what he's on with, to be honest. It's a good job my wife was out there to control him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. onto the brother question: How was yeah. it like working with him as a as a familial bond? Um, I think because we've grown up together, it was quite easy to sort of read body language mm. um, and it's always good to go out there with someone you just have chemistry with mm. um so again a little bit behind the curtains um we know it's predetermined yes yeah there's, there's no point in me trying to lie about that anymore <laughs> yeah. um, but the risks are real and the people you're going in there with can make it a little more real than what the audience sometimes want to believe yeah um so i'm a believer in make it as real as you can, but keep your opponent safe. Yeah. Um, my brother has that same kind of approach, mm. as well as doing his flip flop and fly. Yes. Um, I have an awful memory. Uh, some people like to plan every single move. Mm. Uh, I just cannot do that. I cannot do it. Um, so my brother understands that. And that I, the older I've got, the more space I need away from the rest of the talent as well. I need <laughs> yeah. to sit back and have my own headspace. Um, so again, we had to plan certain things because of how poorly he was in that match um, to the point where Becca did not want him wrestling mm. but when it's body slams to cancer it's again I say it's everybody's show but to to our family it's for my mum yeah. you know for our mum so um, he was not having the you're not working tonight he was not listening to that um, I even said look I'll sacrifice I'll sit back I'll go on commentary I'll do something <laughs> else you know as much as I want to perform um, so it was okay let's plan this so you can still do some of your stuff and, and get what the audience expect from you yeah. but keep you safe um, so we did the match it was it was good uh, I think it was good <laughs> um, it was. It was you know we, good. we got emotion we'd managed to tell the story for a while going into it um, and then we had to I think was it 2018 that match I think actually somewhere yeah. there yeah, yeah I think it was 2018 yeah. because we had a follow up match and he won that match by the way I think he, he did. did yes he did no <laughs> Jeff the ref Jeff the ref won, the match, won that match Jeff the ref isn't sanctioned he was fired oh okay oh, so that wasn't true controversy oh <laughs> um, but he did win the next match so mm. actually it was 2019 because we held the next match at um, the assembly rooms up on the bail before COVID hit, mm-hmm. which ah. was 2020. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we did a, a superheroes rule match, so three right. out of uh, two out of three falls. Um, and we got to do a little bit of everything there. And, you know, uh, I think when you're in there with 
a relative or a friend, someone you trust, you mm. go in there with that bit more intent and you yeah. hit a little bit harder and everything's a bit snugger and you mm. deal with the pain two days later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a great feeling to go out there with my brother in, mm. in both situations as a tag team or against each other. Mm. Um, and it, it looks like that's building up again that he's, he's now become the... Um, the one who disobeys the rules a little bit more. Oh, really? So, yeah, we we could see something interesting going forward there as well. Oh, wow. And speaking of going forward, yes. obviously you have uh, Super K, uh, sorry, Steel, Steel Cage, Cage Showdown, Showdown. that's yep. right, on February 4th. What are you expecting for that? Oh, that cage. Uh. <laughs> um, it's not one of them chicken wire cages. It's not flimsy. It's uh, got very, very little give in it. Right. It's heavy. Um it hurts mm. um so i've got the feeling i'm gonna need a week off afterwards oh, yeah. <laughs> um there's some great matches been announced yeah. so far um and i think there's a couple more yet to be announced mm -hmm. um the cage is i think the main attraction for this one of yeah. course um we've wanted to put the cage up in in lincoln for a while mm. um, but it's just not been uh, an option at some of the venues um, and now we've gone back to Yarborough. It's a big venue where we can yeah. bring the cage back. Have, so. you, been there, have you been there before? I yeah, the first few years of running were uh, yeah. up at Yarborough. Um, and then um, we went to Birchwood, Birchwood uh, yeah, before yeah. that became a soft play area. Mm. Um, and then we went to... Can't do even sorts of that. Sorry? Can't do your moon socks off of that. I mean, you could. You could. Soft, you could. You'd land softly. <laughs> that definitely be a nicer landing. Yeah, you'd land softly, yeah. Um, and there's a, a climbing wall, which, again, my brother and me <laughs> yeah, love <up> there. there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we've we've been to a few venues around the city, and um, we tend to get different audiences as well as different venues, so it's really weird. Hmm. How tall is the cage? Uh, 15 foot. Is that including the ring, or is that no. literally 50 foot it's above the ring? It's actually on the floor, oh, okay. oh. so it goes around the, the ring. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there is a, a clip on my Instagram where um, I press-slammed a, a lady <laughs> into the cage, and she fell between the cage oh. and, the, and the ring. So there's also good. risks there. I've fallen yeah. off the top of that myself. actually did it at a venue close to here, mm -hmm. um, and my hip popped out as I fell from the top of it. Oh, so this, uh, it's Jeez. It's not a... No. It's not an easy stunt show yeah. if no. that people think Goodness. it is. Yeah, and that speaks to, again, the variety, variety of professional wrestling. We're covering it a lot I mean, now, yeah. Of the sort of, you deal with that hardcore style, you deal with the steel cages and the and um, all the weapons matches and whatnot, but there's also the sort of match that uh, that we speak about with you and your brother where it's more personal and it's more, you know, you you're hit hard and you're... Mm. And you and you lay it all in those kind of things where it's all done on the mat with doing a mat the technical style. How do yeah. you feel in sort of the working with that, those differences? I like to think that I'm adaptable personally. Okay. okay. Um, so to to perform at my favourite style of wrestling is actually comedy wrestling. Oh really? How would, yeah. how would how would you work how would you work that? I love a bit of comedy wrestling myself. But. It's it's the same. It's, it's finding that emotion with the audience. Yeah. Finding something that reacts um and and resonates with them mm. um so again like you have to give and take um mm. so we give you some something funny and then we give you something a little more hard hitting straight mm. afterwards it makes that hard hitting moment seem more aggressive yeah because you've just been laughing all of a sudden we've turned your emotion um, yeah so i like that again that 
ability to be able to play with people's emotion. Mm. Um, but again, I like I like a, a great theme. I like mm. a hardcore match. You know, yeah. I've been in plenty of them. We have the Anarchy title, which is um, a, a different style of match. Yes. Um, Who's holding that at the, at, the, at the minute? At the minute, it's, it's Jack Maxwell. Okay. Um, and I think they're in a four or five man. 10 minute scramble match for yeah. that so that's going to be very interesting all the weapons with yeah. four or five of them inside a cage for 10 minutes nice. um, wow. Jack Bennett is the guy who really wants it um, he's just flown back from Japan yesterday I believe wow. Um, wow. and he was doing some death matches out there in Japan oh, sweet. So, yeah they're all about you know, it yeah. um, so he's he's a contender Maxwell is um, crazy mm. um, so again he could retain but again champions are champion's advantage yeah. isn't there um, so that's going to be an interesting one and a little bit of me kind of wants to peek my head into that match as well but <laughs> oh, wow. you know I'm already I'm already in my match so yeah, yeah. I don't know if, if this old body can handle You're two in a night it. anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah again like I, I really enjoy technical wrestling as mm. well um, so if I can get away with you know doing a, a technical match um, then I'm quite happy to do that as well I think mm. For me, I'll always ask the promoter what they want from me mm. um, and check the opponent out and see what they can do and, and try and adapt to, to their styles. And how would you say working with a promoter sort of changes your experience of, the, of your time when you're with a company, not just with Five Factory, but when you're you know, working around with different promoters? How do you feel? Like obviously, you might know some better than others, right? Yeah. Um, you get some who... Um, who you can become friends with. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think, friends or not, I'm there to do a job. Mm. Um, so I'll do the best of what they want from me. Some promoters will give you detail. Yes. Like minute detail of what they want from the match. And some will say, look, I trust you to do your thing. Uh -huh. um, and when it when it's that sort of trust, it's, it's an honor. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think I put more pressure on myself because I then need to look around at what everybody else is doing mm. to make sure I'm not copying other people. Yeah. Or they're not copying me if mm. I'm on before them, you know, or unintentionally. Um, so I, I try and look around and, and give myself and speak with the person I'm, I'm with. Like, mm. what are we going to do that's different to everybody else? If you've got six, eight matches on a card, mm. you need to not steal the show. I think that's quite a, a bad attitude to have, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, but you still need to stand out. You still need to show your value why the promoter's paying you the wage you ask for. Um, so, yeah, I think you have to kind of put friendships aside when it comes to the promoter and, and do your job for the promoter. See them as your boss for that couple of hours you're with them. Yeah, of course. And how do you see that? Obviously, when you try and make those match of the night moments... What do you think goes in? I think it's if it's a big move, a big crowd reaction. How would you sort of how would you almost lead into that? Getting that like big crowd reaction for the for the big move for the if it's the finish, if it's not, you know, how would that? The biggest moment should always be the finish. Yeah, I feel like the um, same. Yeah, because that's that's your exclamation point at the end of the sentence. Mm. Um, but I believe throughout the match you need to build to moments, mm. and it's it's not necessarily moves. It's just engage in that reaction and keep listening to your audience because yeah. if if they're silent doesn't mean they're not paying attention doesn't mean they're not invested um, 
But on the same note, if they're silent and they're on their phones, you know you've got to do something else. Yeah. Uh, you've got to get their attention. So I like to kind of think what moments are we building to um, and how are we going to keep them invested to see the next moment. So there's a lot of people who will do a hardcore match because it's, I hate the term easier, but they see it as easier because oh, you can how get so? a, How do they see it? You pull out a chair and hit someone with it. And yeah. Oh, oh, okay. You know, and, and that's an easy reaction to get. Yeah. As, as bad as that maybe sounds. Um, but if you can build to that and take it away from the audience and then give them it when you feel it's earned, mm-hmm. you're going to get better reactions. Um, so the example I, I use with with the school is that we bring a table out in whatever match at the beginning mm. we bring it out early in the audience's head the match won't finish until the table's gone through check off stable yes so yeah. don't put the table through <laughs> because they want to see it yeah so have the match end some other way unless it's a tables match yeah <laughs> have the match end in some other ways and you can give them the table afterwards so right. again, another match where it was me and my brother actually. Mm. Um, so we were both the good guys. We were a tag team at the time, um, and my wife was the the villain owner. Yeah, um, and she made us wrestle each other close to Christmas. Right, as a tag team. Yeah. Okay. And the rule was, if we didn't fight, then there'd be punishments. Right. Mm. So we decided to have an arm wrestle. Right. That's not good enough. So we had a thumb wrestle. Yeah. Thumb war. That's not good enough. Um, so she came out and said, if you uh, if you don't have this match properly, then you don't get paid. Mm. Okay, cool. So we look to each other. Okay, ring the bell, ref. Referee rings the bell. Oh. We duck out. Referee counts to seven, eight. We're, we're both quite competitive, so we slide back in the ring. Yeah. Right, okay, we're going to have to have this match now. So we kind of built up there. Um, and then... I think the line was, if you don't have this match and use weapons, mm. then you won't see the kids at Christmas. <laughs> okay. So now your audience are invested a little bit. What's going to happen? Who's yeah. going to take the role as the bad guy? Because mm. I think in any good match, you can have good matches with good guy, good guy, bad guy, bad guy. Um, but you need that change of gear. Um, so I was the one who had to change the gear, but then at the end, still remain a tag team. Yeah, and a good guy. How do you do that? Um, so when we bring a table out, mm-hmm. and I'm doing the more villainous stuff, which again in in real life, if I'm ever in a situation where I need to fight, I worked in nightclubs for ten years as a doorman, um, and if the camera don't see it, you've got to win the fight, otherwise you're going to get hurt. Yeah. So it, my real life is, you know, if I have to bite you, if I have to put my thumb in your eye i'm i'm walking away from this situation so i put that into my performance as mm-hmm. well good guy or bad guy well, um, wrestlers and nightclubs wrestlers so, and nightclubs yeah. is that a theme you think <laughs> it seems to be for any wrestler you either were a bouncer or at some point you just work as a bouncer uh, there's a couple yeah, like yeah there is a couple there's also a lot of teachers who are wrestlers really <laughs> yeah. okay that's a bit more surprising <laughs> the things that you want to say to the children <laughs> that you can't say now when you're a villain you can't yeah, exactly because it's a character there you go um yeah, carry on so uh yeah we we got the table out we mm. showed the audience the table mm. i've been a real um bad guy <laughs> um and at the end of the match um 
Becca comes out, starts talking. I've slid the table into the ring. We're face to face. Everyone thinks I'm going to turn on my brother. Becca comes in. Right, okay, now you've seen sense. Da 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 da. Um, and I think she then slapped me for not listening to her. Yeah. She went through the table after the match had finished. <laughs> yeah. So they've still got the reward of the audience of the table going yes. through, but it wasn't who they expected, when they expected, or what they expected. Mm. So you're able to tell a story and build emotion by using weapons rather than just table through right. it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, exactly, yeah. It's, it's putting some psychology into it, putting a little bit of earning the reaction rather than mm. cheap reactions. Yeah, Dare cool. I say. Yeah, no, I understand <laughs> that, yeah. Cool. Uh, before we move on to, presumably, uh, having a little little talk about Stoke Showdown, there's a match at Stoke Showdown, which I believe... I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure is a, um, I guess you would call it a memorial match or something. It's uh, yes. the Jamie Skinner match. Yes. Could you uh, kind of tell people what that is or who he was or that kind of situation? Yeah. Uh, Jamie has been one of our fans since pretty much day one, I want to say. Mm. Um, so anybody who's been to our shows uh, or watched our footage online, chances are you've seen Jamie um, and all the guys he came with. Um, so again, that closeness with the fans you kind of get to know them um and jamie would always come with signs so if you look through previous shows whether it's footage or photos you'll see some really well-drawn signs that um jamie did um not only did he draw the signs he'd give them to other people so some of the kids in the audience loved them and he'd give them away and then draw another one for the next show and you know they they just got great reactions to the point where other people started bringing their signs Mm. um and he'd even dress up (laughs) so at some of the over 18 shows they dressed up for steamy windows by putting on the big tina turner wigs and um they did bald caps they've Mm. done um uh, they dressed up as Eliza Rue um, piggybacking a vertically challenged wrestler <laughs> so it, all in costume and, and some of the stuff they've done the wrestlers haven't known until they've walked out yeah. so the reactions have been genuine um, so yeah he was one of the one of the passionate fans um, and just before Christmas he passed away mm. um, so we wanted to do a little something um, and we spoke with his best friend um, like what what can we do? So we're going to try and raise a little bit of money for the British Heart Foundation. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do the memorial match with two of the wrestlers that he enjoyed watching and mm. interacting with. Um, but also, as it kind of turns out, these two have got issues with each other as well. So it kind of works out mm. to have them two in the match and mm. for the right reason as well. Mm. Um, so we're asking people if they can bring any signs that they may have got from Jamie in the past, draw their own signs, if we can do a little competition, if people have drawn their own, just something to honour his memory because he was a, a big part of... The audience is a big part of the show, but anybody who participates the way he did and the guys he comes with or came with um, did, then it's kind of giving that little bit of something back, if you can. Does does that make sense? Yeah, of course. So it's it's going to be, um, in my opinion, they're two people I love to wrestle. Yeah. So sorry, my watch keeps going off. Um, they're two people I love to to wrestle, and they're great talents. So well, who's in that? It's Matt? Laurie and Flex Buffington. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, so both of them incredible talents, and mm. I think they will have uh, the match that really does do justice for you know a memorial match. 
that's that's I mean, that's yeah. Wow. I mean, pretty much. Is there anything else you want to say about Stoker Showdown or anything else coming up? Is there anything else on the card that you'd like this, to? This is your plugging time speak now. On? Yeah. Um, do you know the matches that have been announced? The the tag team match I think was announced recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, so the Lincoln County Regulators are brilliant, um, both on a show perspective and. Mm. A sort of behind the curtains perspective mm. um and ace and hardman dan are incredible talents as well yeah um so they come in from uh hallway mm. um so th- in my opinion that could be a a great match to watch well it's not not could be it will be a great match yeah. to watch uh knowing the the five of them mm. in the, i don't know which two of the county regulators are actually wrestling on that one because there's three of them um that's that's going to be a great match to watch mm. um the the hardcore match is going to be something else mm. <laughs> um and you know anything that i think that's that's on i think it all it should all be uh, good matches. That's not saying it for mm. a cheap plug. I think yeah. everyone in there has earned their position on the show. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what hasn't been announced yet, but um, what I've seen, it's it's lined up to be a pretty damn good show. And mm. um, I believe there are still tickets available as well. So oh, I know the great. front row sold out Excellent. Yeah. quite quickly, yeah. um, but there, there should be some tickets left <laughs> I don't oh. know the exact numbers oh, I don't get sure. that information wonderful I'm sure that Laurie and Fletch will do a great job as well in there yeah yeah it's definitely one I'm going to watch no mm. matter where they are on the card I definitely want to watch that one yeah great and, and um, speaking of Laurie as well she's is she still your um, champion I believe yep, so yeah she is the champion I'm sure she's doing a damn fine job as well we watched a few of a couple of her matches and yeah she's really really good incredible mm. um, she had been a villain for so long yeah but I think the audience she hasn't changed her style no she hasn't <laughs> changed her style at all but the audience saw her talent yeah there's magic there. and you can you can only dislike talent for so long <laughs> yeah um uh, she she could i know she could draw that emotion out and make them dislike her mm. but the respect they have for her, i think the rumblings in the audience just kind of organically made her a fan favorite mm. um and and flex as well he's been with us since day one yeah um and like i say both of them uh i could honestly say i would wrestle my last match with them and be proud of it without even knowing awesome a story going forward yeah you know, yeah they're, they're two that they they should be more places laurie at the minute is dealing with quite a severe injury mm. um but she still will participate because mm. she's too damn proud if she's yeah. listening um you know she's she's just had to have an injection in the spine because of a slip disc there's a, oh. a potential surgery there um but she loves the business mm. she wants she's both of them are so proud of being chosen for that match as well yeah that they're going to put on a performance mm. so wow wow uh, just before we wrap things up um i know you must i know you've got probably got a great vast knowledge of the wrestling business itself but what is your favourite one or two talents to watch? Could be anywhere, could be any company. What are your favourite two talents to watch and why? This changes 
every, every yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it depends what I'm watching at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on the mood. I, I say two. I was going to say one initially, but I thought, you know what? Two sounds better because one, people can't narrow it down. Yeah. So, yeah. so many. At the minute, I was watching a lot of early WCW stuff. Yeah. Um, and then something came up on Facebook about a match. I can't remember what match it was, but it was from an episode of Raw in like 94, I want to say. <laughs> So now I'm watching Raw 94. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, but again, I want to say 94. I could be wrong. Mm. Um, but it's the build-up to um, Brett and Owen at WrestleMania 10. Wow. And I think quite often I reference them too. Yeah. Um, I used to always believe as a young child that Brett was my favorite WWE, mm. WWF wrestler. Mm. Um, but the more I look at things, I think Owen was always my favorite. Mm. Um at that stage in life and and I always do go back to watching them two whether it's their matches together mm-hmm. or against each other or away from each other I think them two were just mm-hmm. phenomenal to watch so we'll we'll have to say them two at the moment oh, yeah a lot of a lot of great wrestlers even that nowadays draw influence from from the heart still I mean, they're absolutely incredible yeah absolutely incredible but thank you very much Dutch for no joining us on the Dropkick Report pleasure and we'll hopefully uh See, see you see you in some time and of course uh, Five Factory Wrestling does bring you the Steel Cage Showdown on February 4th is that right? That's right. Excellent. And that's the drop kick. Goodbye. Bye.